0: Team. Yeah, we
1: off the leash. the leash, you can look us in the eyes and see we have, have peace. Peace. Black and gold, that's the colors when we go to war. Oh, when we step up on that field, you gon' hear my roar. We them tiger cats, we them, we them tiger cats. We them tiger cats, we them, we them tiger cats. Yeah, nobody hitting harder, yeah. better keep your guard up. Yeah. Cause with everything we draw, we can score it.
0: Tiger Cats lose 41 to 28 to the Argonauts on Labor Day <clears throat> and dropped to four and seven on the season. I'm Mike Graham, and as always, I'm joined by Josh Smith. Disappointing performance today by the Tiger Cats, no?
1: Pathetic. Like it was everything we talked about, what was it, seven hours ago, eight hours ago, that we said they couldn't do, they did. You know what I mean? Like they didn't start out hot. They made too many mistakes. They played stupid. They made it close in the end. But like this was one of the worst Labor Day games I can remember. Like last year's was pretty bad. But I mean we went into that game. They were running with a third string quarterback who had never started before. This this was so much worse because the potential was there. But I think we now unequivocally and I and I'm sure in a couple of weeks they'll win a game. We'll be back on the uh, The high and all that stuff but i think unequivocally we can say this team is just they're not very good they're they'll look great one week and terrible the next and that's exactly what happened today they were they were awful
0: yeah very inconsistent you know they got us all all jacked up about that bc lions game where they looked tremendous the run game was working um it seemed like every time they handed up the ball off to james butler he was getting more than five yards, you know, and a first down and all that good stuff. But it just just wasn't there today. So let's start with the game recap. Unfortunately, we have to run through this. Uh, the first quarter of the but Argos. We, but we,
1: we can do it. We can do it quickly.
0: <clears throat> okay. The Argos moved the ball well in the first drive, but settled for three. It's three nothing Argonauts with 1113 left in the first quarter. Yeah, Tie Cats I mean, punt for the Argos forty yard line on the first uh, drive, and that was that was a number of two and outs in the first quarter by the Ticats getting off to their typical slow start.
1: And wasn't that the punt where they bobbled it, and it just felt like that was the it was going to be one of those days when yeah, they I think came it was the next punt, punt correctly? No, oh, was yeah, it? I okay,
0: think, yeah, because I have here them they had a botched punt. Fedvig drops the snap, gets it away, but no yards against Hamilton. Argos take over. So maybe that was the same punt, yeah. Argos take over on their own 32-yard line. So like you said, you know, not very good from the start. Uh, Powell gets sacked. The Ticats forced a punt. No yards on Hamilton again. Uh, nice return by Leak. That was a reoccurring incident uh, in the first half, especially for the Ticats. A number of no yards penalties. Uh, Argo's drive yeah, for a TD. Yep. Go ahead.
1: No. Yeah. There was a lot, I, I, but I think that that was more of a product of shitty punting than it was.
0: That's fair. Yeah like, that's did fair. Do you
1: not think that his kicking and punting today was just awful?
0: Yeah. I don't think he's been good at all. Like Vedvik's been bad no, it's, for the most part.
1: It's, it's been like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. yeah just keep going.
0: Argos drive for a TD. It's capped off by Andrew Harris with 3.55 left on the clock in the first quarter. Kelly finds Daniels for a TD with 2.17 left. It's 17-0 for the Argonauts in the first quarter. They got, and right after that, the tight cuts go 2 and out again and punt. Leak another good return. Argos take over at midfield. And, I, you know, I keep repeating myself here, but another reoccurring incident is the Argonauts getting... Tremendous field position to start their drives. The second quarter, Powell connects with Tim White for a gain of 24 yards. And the Ticats, but the Ticats are forced to punt shortly afterwards. Hamilton gets another no yards penalty. Yard goes punt from the Ticats 40. Ticats take over at the 15-yard line. Uh, Ticats put together a a decent drive, but they miss the 57-yarder. But get the Rouge. Woo-hoo! It's 17 to 1 with 402 left in the half.
1: That's right. And then they got kind of the Bronx cheer with everyone going nuts because they actually scored a point. Um They you know what you know what kind of if you look at the box score, the Argos scored 17 in the first quarter and seventeen in the fourth quarter. And those were the two quarters that they had the wind. And you look at the Ticats and they scored four points with the wind in the second quarter. You know what I mean? Like there's kind of your, your. They didn't use the elements to their advantage, mm-hmm. like like the Argos did. You know what I mean? Like, yep. forty one points total. Seven of them came when they were going into the wind for Toronto, and the Ticats going into the wind scored thirteen. So like, there's there's your game in a in a vacuum right there.
0: All right, so can you hear me? Hello? Hello? Yeah,
1: we're still All here. All right. You dropped
0: out? I dropped out for a second there. My apologies. Uh, Cast and Tonis Mike gets, and his
1: shitty internet. Yes. Well,
0: only in the basement. Only in the basement. Uh, Cast and gets the interception at their own 40-yard line. cat's ball with 3 3 left in the half.
1: What was uh, Dinwiddie doing challenging that for <clears> pass <throat> interference? Uh,
0: I was just going to get to that. Yeah, it's a uh, very bright... Uh, I didn't it didn't matter in the end, but yeah, I didn't see any pass interference whatsoever in that play
1: No, not remotely close, but yeah, I, you're right at the end of the day. It didn't it didn't make a hill of beans but yeah, just uh They they showed they showed it and I'm just watching the replay going. I don't see where there's pass interference here
0: Nope, I, I'm with you on that one the TyCats get into field goal range and make it 17 to 4 with 128 left in the half they force it two and out, get the ball back on their own 35 with 54 seconds left, but they failed to get anything before the half. It's 17 to four going into the third quarter.
1: Yeah. Didn't it feel like if they would have <clears throat> scored even a field goal to cap the first half that maybe they could have made a little bit of headway. You know what I mean? Like it, it felt like, you know, they get, they get the, they get some momentum going, but they did nothing and got mm-hmm. nothing. So
0: absolutely the third quarter starts off with McAllister with a great return to midfield and uh you know giving the Cats good field position they put together a nice drive and cap it off with a 17 yard touchdown pass to Godwin in the back of the end zone you know it started off in <clears throat> the second half and I was like okay you know it's 17 to 10 there's lots yep. of time left on the clock maybe we can make something of this but uh yeah, it was a after that touchdown though, a questionable call to go for two points. Like I don't understand the logic here. It's they so, go f- for two or they go for one and they're up by, or they're down by six. Uh, I don't know. I don't get it. Do you?
1: Okay. So we were discussing this, me and my friends were discussing and I was trying to do the, on um, what this is the only thing I've come up with in the, in the interim after the game thing, thinking about it because you're right. They score, they make it 17, 10. Kick extra your point, you're down by six. You go for two, you're down by five. Doesn't really make a difference. The only thing I can think of is that they were going to go for two. If they scored another touchdown, like let's say they get to two points here, they make it 17 12, they score another touchdown, they go for two there, it's a three point lead. Now, that's foresight and forethinking and all that stuff. I'm not sure this team can do that, but that's the only thing I can think of. But even then, I still don't think going for two in that scenario and, and you know me, I'm a guy who goes for, go for two, always go for two, go for two every single time you're more often than not going to come away positive in that scenario, but that's not what they're doing. This was a calculated decision to go for two down by seven. And I do not understand, but the only thing I've been able to come up with and doing kind of the, the mental math on it is that's what they were thinking. You score here, you get two, you're down by five, you score another six, go for two, you're up by three. But even that, who gives a shit, quite frankly, like, take the points that you can get him because then I think it was the very next play, like the very next drive, the Argos punt, and they get the single to make it an eight point lead anyway, so it wouldn't have made a, a bit of difference. It just it, To me it was, and this has been a continuing trend, especially this season and extending into the last couple seasons, just peculiar decision making on Steinar's part, his first season as head coach, man, he was really good at this stuff. The challenges were smart and he was, he had like some ridiculously good percentage on them. And he was making the right calls on going for two versus not going for two. And I felt like he, he that debut season, he was just really good in these areas and it's dropped off a cliff. And this is just another example of it. It's just, it's baffling decision-making that I, I just don't understand.
0: Woodmansey gets a misconduct penalty on the two point convert. The Ticats kick off from their own 15, and that leads to the Argos starting once again at midfield. The Ticats challenge the catch uh, and win the challenge, actually, and the Argos are forced to punt, but they get the Rouge. It's 18 to 10 now. The Argos drive 83 yards for a touchdown and make it 24 to 10, with 142 left in the third. Uh, you know, McAllister had a good game. Uh, shortly after that, he had a 62-yard return. Ticats take over, and the Argos 34. But unfortunately, the Ticats only get three after Powell gets sacked. It's 24-13 to at the end of the third.
1: Yeah, McAllister was the best player in the field today. I don't think that's a controversial statement. No, Like for the no. Ticats, I mean, not yeah. for the, the entire game, but for the Ticats, he was the best player in the field today.
0: Yeah, for sure. No doubt about that. The Argos drive and score a TD. It's thirty-one to thirteen with eleven oh two left in the fourth quarter. Th- that was pretty much the death nail for the Ticats. Yeah, they, they that do... was ball game. That's yeah. when
1: everyone started exiting the stadium. Everything after that, I like. You look. They scored. I am sure. You, I know you are going to get into it, but they score a very late touchdown to make this score look respectable in a way. But that that touchdown there was that yeah. that was the I think that was the coaxy one where he just undressed. Kenneth George with like uh, a beautiful, mm-hmm. like swim move to get back to the ball. And that was, to me, once that happened, I was like, yeah, this, this, this game's over. We're, we're playing out the string here. I don't care what else happens. This game's done.
0: Yeah. So the tight guy drive, drive for a late touchdown. White gets the TD reception. They get the two as well. It's 31 to 21 with four fifty-six left, you know, crazier things have happened, but just the way this game has gone, you know, that it was pretty much over. They try no, the, an onside and it, kick and, and it the, fails.
1: Yeah, and the problem was it wasn't so much that, oh, they're down 10 with five minutes left. That's a ton of time to come back. But with how this team has performed this year, especially defensively, you knew the Argos were going to at least get a field goal. You know what I mean? Like they they were going to score in some way. And you mentioned the boxed onside kick, and then obviously you're going to get into the touchdown that they scored later.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing with the Argonauts this year. I've noticed that they come out hot, they have a little bit of a lull, and then once the team starts getting close... They, they they pull away, and that's exactly what they did here. The Argonauts score a touchdown with a pass from Olet. Uh, it's thirty eight twenty one with three thirty one left, and uh, you know that that was it. That was it. Yeah,
1: I I saw some comments. I think people like you're pulling out trick plays when you're up by twenty. Blah 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 blah. You know what? If the shoe was on the other foot, I mean, do you, do you, do we you remember sixty four to fourteen? Rico Murray took back a pick six for no reason whatsoever on the last play of the game to make like, it's a rivalry game. You're in the opponent's barn. Like people are talking about like running up the score and it's professional sports, mate. Like, I don't care. Like they deserved it. The Argos played the game the way they should have and won this game going away. And if they want to, you know, stick it in the craw of their Mm -hmm. biggest rival, if the, if, if the rules were reversed, you'd want the Ty cats to do the exact same. So I, I'm, I'm sure that you don't have a problem with it but I did see some comments that people had an issue with with the Argos doing that which to me is just patently ludicrous
0: yeah I'm with you on that I don't think I don't have a problem with it I think it might be kind of silly you know maybe you reveal that kind of play maybe you want to hold on to that you know, sure. in a game that's kind of out of hand already but I don't have a problem with it you know the game wasn't necessarily over this is the CFL and you know, if they want to throw an extra touchdown, then then so be it. They they deserve it. Uh, They're they with a better team, and that's just the way it goes. If you don't want that to happen, you have to play better, right?
1: The way I look at it is, <clears throat> if you don't want to get embarrassed, stop them. Simple as yeah. that.
0: So another slow start for the for Ticats. The they just, especially against really good teams like the Argonauts, they just can't do this. I mean, the Argonauts come out in the first quarter and they score 17 points. The Ticats score zero. They only get four in the second quarter. Uh, typical of the Ticats, no?
1: Yeah, and I mean, people are going to look at Chad Kelly in this, and we talked about it, like MOP front run and all that. I'm sure his numbers, I'm going to try to find his numbers now. I don't really, I don't have them right off the top of my head right now. I'm just kind of click, clicking around trying to find them. Um I didn't think he was overwhelmingly great. Oh, he was, his numbers weren't even that great. He was, he had 201 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. Like they, they, they forced an interception, two interceptions. They got one early, but they did nothing with it. Like they didn't capitalize on their opportunities. You know what I mean? So again, it's not as if full credit to the Argos. They, they did what they had to do. They, They won this game deservedly. So, but, it's not like Chad Kelly went out there and ripped them apart. Like There were opportunities early. Like, you talk about the slow start. And what the Argos did is Taylor Powell threw a pick. Very next play, the Argos scored a touchdown. Kelly throws two picks. I think off those two picks, they got three points. So you force the turnovers. You make the teams pay. That's what good teams do. That's what the Argos are right now. You force turnovers, and you let teams off the hook. That's what bad teams do. That's what tight cuts are right now.
0: Yeah. You look at those numbers and they're not, they don't jump off the page or anything, but a lot of the time, you know, he didn't have to drive far. Right. I mean, he was no, starting that's at true. The, it was, a, it
1: was a lot of, Oh, they starting with the ball at midfield or at yeah. their own 50 or at Hamilton's 52. Yeah, that's true.
0: So Taylor Powell, uh, okay. Performance tonight. what do you think?
1: Didn't care for it. The numbers I don't think reflect some poor decision-making like, he ran it when he should have thrown it. He threw it when he should have run it. It was. Uh, you look at the number. I got him in front of me, nearly 300 yards, three TDs, only one interception. He also did have the fumble. Um, I wasn't overly impressed with it with his output today. Uh, I think he's. I think he's still a player worth developing. I'm not going to jump off that, but I. I think we saw today that he's. He's maybe not ready for primetime spotlight, you know?
0: Yeah. I'm with you on that. I, you know, I like what Taylor Powell's done as a rookie, but I still think, you know, and, and I know that Schiltz and Beliveau Mitchell haven't played that well, but I still think we have a better chance with them if they ever get healthy. But you know, it might not matter who the damn quarterback is this season because it's not looking that great. So, uh, you know, it's hard to talk about, you know, the run game was okay. It wasn't anything like yeah. it was last week as well. So, um, you know, that dominant performance was not repeated this week.
1: No, um, James Butler did what he could in the rushing game, 63 yards and 11 carries. He had a nice leap over a guy in a step farm. And mm-hmm. I mean, he was, he was still heavily involved. Like he caught five passes as well. So he had 16 touches. He had 90 total yards. So it's like, it, he's still a, a featured point of the offense, which was, which was good. But they start the game in that, and we praised it earlier today in that, uh, under center formation, but the, it didn't fool the Argos this time. And then there was just kind of no, no counter to it. Like you said, the slow start, that was part of it. They tried to do almost the exact same thing they did against BC and it just didn't work.
0: Another pretty good game from Tim White tonight. He had eight receptions for 110 yards and a touchdown, uh, it, you know, in a losing effort. It's nice to see him get over the century mark.
1: Yeah. It did still felt though. Like a lot of that, well, like the touchdown came, when the game was essentially Mm
0: -hmm.
1: not over, but it was, it was mostly over. And he like, he was, he was, don't get me wrong. he, he played well and it's nice to see him start of piling up some, some good games, but this is uh, last year around this time is when he started to, to do that as well. So I'm not all that surprised. I just, I look at some of these numbers and it just feels like a lot of empty stats. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And the, the second closest guy to him was Terry Godwin with six receptions for 50 yards. And two touchdowns on the night. Uh, Other than that, there's not much to really talk about with the receivers.
1: No, Duke was invisible. McAllister Mm -hmm. didn't really do anything in the passing game. Like, yeah, there just wasn't anything else there.
0: So the offensive game plan, how did you feel? Like, obviously, it didn't work out as well as last week. Um, You know, maybe we should have seen this coming. A blip. You know, we saw it last year. In the hamilton versus winnipeg game where they they tore apart the blue bombers and then they came back to earth the next couple of weeks so um we shouldn't get too excited about a win Well, we always do it but this time they came crashing down to earth again
1: yeah i i don't want to toot my own horn but toot toot i said this is what would happen when they when they replaced condell like everyone was like oh we have scott milanovich it's all gonna be better and i said I I wrote a damn article about it, and I I know it's probably kind of gauche to, you know, quote yourself, but I said that this team would – there'd be that bump. I thought it would be the Edmonton game. I didn't think it would be the BC game, but they got that new coach bump where it's like, oh, here's how they're – and then they're going to come crashing back down to earth. Now, I thought it might be the bump would be a little earlier and the crash would be a little later, but I'm not surprised that this offense is still – they still make too many mistakes. They still do – stupid things and that's that's not going to matter who's calling plays and i didn't think the game plan this one was was particularly good i think they tried to wash rinse and repeat what they did against the lions and i just think that the argos now had film on that and we're like we're not going to let that happen and the argos are too good a team on every level of their defense to be manipulated by a team running 1997 style offense like i just it's the argos it worked against bc and that's great they needed a different game plan against the argos and they didn't have one and it didn't work
0: what do you think of the defense tonight
1: i mean they gave up 41 points like (laughs) and and this again this is the thing and i I near when it was 31 13 i nearly tweeted it out and i said no you know what discretion is the better part of valor but i'll say it here because we're it's a safe space for us all But at that point, they had allowed 31 points and scored 13 points. And all I wanted to think of was, everyone told me the offensive coordinator was the problem. But now they can't score points. And yeah, they scored 28 points in this one, but two touchdowns came when this game was already over. And they gave up 41 points. Like, yeah, they shut them out in the second quarter and only allowed a touchdown in the third, but they gave up 41 points. Like, that's not good enough. And at what point are we finally going to have the conversation? You and I have been having it for months now. And a, a few of our listeners, because they listen to us, so they must be very intelligent, have also been talking about this. But so many people are letting the defense off the hook. And it's like, oh, the offense is out there long enough, and the defense is tired. And the numbers don't indicate that. It's The defense was bad. You give up 41 points, you are a bad defense. You give up how, – how many points have the Ticats given up this year? Are they at over 300 now? Or they, they've got to be close, to. You know what I mean? Like, this is not a good defense. They've given up 302 points in 11 games, Mike. Like, the only other team that's given up that many is Saskatchewan, whose defense also isn't very good. Like, this is not a good defense. They were terrible against Toronto. They've given up, what, 32, 31, and now 41 against the Argos, and they got a game against them in a couple of weeks. They're probably going to give up another 30-plus in that one. It's, it was It was terrible.
0: Yeah, the Argonauts came out, and they smacked us in the mouth, and the defense couldn't do a damn thing about it. Um, it was just a poor performance all around and we've been talking like it seems like we're one of the only people that have been talking about Mark Washington's defense even going back a couple years now so you know I know that everybody wants to blame Tommy Condell for the for the slow start and all that stuff but and not that he was great but obviously there are more problems on this team than just the offensive coordinator
1: well it's it's been three weeks now we're still seeing <clears throat> the same. We got. We had the one game blip where this team looked competent, and but we're they're going back to the same way they played. And you can't blame it on the lack of talent; it's a lack of coaching. It's it's simply that. Like they brought in good defensive players. Casey Sales is a good player. Chris Edwards is a good player. Jameer Thurman is a good player. And they're 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 bad. This is a bad defense. They're probably going to finish as the league's worst defense this year, which is not something you expect from a team that wears the Ticats uniform. This defense has been the hallmark of this franchise since before you and I were born. And this is this is the worst I've seen from the defense since Casey Crehan. And that was maybe the worst defense I've seen on the Ticats ever. You know what I mean? Like if, if this wasn't Mark Washington and this was Casey Crehan, people would be calling for his head just like they called for Casey Crehan's head back in 2012. I don't understand why he keeps skating on this. And now everyone wants to blame Orlando Steinhauer, and he's not blame playing free on this either. He's a defensive guy. If it, it, it's not working, he needs to have his hands in there. But it, it's bad coaching. It's it's stupid playing. It's it's, it's just awful, man. And you're, we will eventually get to the point where they'll win a game and they'll look good again, and we'll be all happy, and then we'll go back down to this. Maybe next
0: week. You
1: know, exactly. Next week? Like, Wouldn't it be typical of this team now to go to Ottawa on three days rest and beat the Red Blacks who are coming off? A week and mm-hmm. a half off of course yeah. it would and then we'll all be happy because you be but at the end of the day we know this isn't a great cup caliber team so let's just try to enjoy what we can out of the season and, and not be too angry or down when they inevitably inevitably get smoked by one of the better teams in the league in the playoffs if they make it
0: all right so the uh special teams you know you know we talked about McAllister obviously one of the only bright spots tonight the yeah. special teams were pretty good again tonight
1: uh, return game was coverage team for the first time all season was not like you mentioned earlier a lot of no yards flag but some of that was terrible punting but Javon Lee got a couple of good returns off because players took poor angles it was McAllister out take take the McAllister part of it out this was the worst I think we've seen from the special teams but you had the McAllister stuff in because he was very good had a couple of big returns. I mean, one he would have taken it to the house if his own player could have got out of his goddamn way, and maybe that changes the tone of this game. Who knows? But yeah, I mean, special teams was like McAllister was great. Everything else was thrown in the garbage.
0: All right, so you want to throw this one in the garbage as well?
1: Yeah, might as well. Let's. Uh, I mean, we we did how many? We did an hour this morning talking about how happy we were and excited we were for the game, and now we're going to do thirty minutes plus on how miserable we are. So. Yeah, I I don't think there's really anything left to say about how how bad this was. So, um, yeah, Twitter questions or whatever.
0: Twitter questions or whatever. You got it, bud. (laughs) Uh, From Camper69, over 25,000 fans showed up. Too bad the Tiger Cats didn't. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's that's a pretty accurate assessment of how this game went.
0: Uh, This one's from an Argo fan, so keep that in mind. From Chris, two-line pass. Are you really surprised they lost? Don't worry, the Tight Cats will beat the Bombers as they enter their bye week, just like last year, just to get your hopes up.
1: Well, yeah, except, you. I mean, okay, like I yeah, I, sure,
0: yeah, thank you. Yeah. Oh, well, we're gonna beat the Bombers. That's cool. I'll take I that. I
1: mean, I'll, I'll take that. Also, they beat the Bombers coming out of their bye week, not going into their bye week. But let's not split hairs here.
0: From Tracy Fletcher, I don't think the fans' comments mean anything. Coaching sucks. And where is our good kicker? I'm so disappointed.
1: I, 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 would you even, I mean, we didn't even mention the kicker in this one. Like he missed a 57 yard field goal. And other than that, he wasn't doing kickoffs. I don't know for some reason I had Vedvik doing kickoffs. Vedvik is the, is, is the prop. Like, I don't think Leggio, he had the bad game against Edmonton. But other than that, I think he's been no, he's solid been to great most of the year. Yep. Um, I mean, if if we're gonna kill a guy for having one bad game, like this team should have released every single player on the roster at this point because they're what true. four and true. four and seven now. Like yep. it's not. I don't know. I it, yeah. Fan fan. Com- I'm sorry. I, I do fan comments. Our comments don't mean anything. I'm gonna once we're done here. I'm writing my post game piece, and they don't mean it doesn't mean anything. But
0: it's kind of funny that he or she says i don't think the fans comments mean anything but, but, but here's a comment you're, you're you're a fan and you're commenting <laughs> yeah, yeah but I'm, anyways. Like, I'm
1: not ripping anyone for saying like, no nope, i'm not I'm, nope. not I'm not ripping those birds for saying it i totally Humorous. understand what they're saying mm-hmm. it just it is there is a little irony to fans comments don't matter but here's a comment from a fan. right
0: but from yeah bill I, malley, I can, like,
1: maybe i get what they're saying
0: from bill malley the final score flattered the tie cats obviously 100%. This, team, this team doesn't understand what labor day means in hamilton Hope some NFL cups cuts are recruited to help close the huge talent gap with Argos. Still don't get why you would kick off into the wind.
1: What what cuts are going to come that are going to like, yeah. I think that that's a, a long dispelled belief that. And I think it's, cuts- it was more of
0: a thing back in the day. You'd hear about yeah. the airlifts of NFL cuts and I, yeah. I just don't with expanded rosters. Now, I don't think it's much of a factor at all. Although we signed a guy like Murray, um, who yeah. got cut, but it's not like a, you know, a huge influx in talent that's coming into the league every year.
1: No. And in the past we have seen guys, I remember Kyrie say bear came back and the tie Cats signed him for a stretch run. I think that was 2009 Stevie bag. They brought him in and he was good for about a year and a half. John chick did the same thing with the Riders. came back from the NFL and, uh, and help them win a championship. So like, I, I understand that it's happened, but I'd be hard pressed. And, and someone like Adam, who's, who's a great fan, who basically should be our, our statistician and our historian on this. Cause every time, I don't know if you saw, but after we posted the po- uh, pregame show that we did, he, he told us that it was the Nick Arbuckle trade to Edmonton. Mm-hmm. That was what the Argos uh, used to acquire the rights to Chad Kelly. So either he's got a steel trap for a mind and just knows everything. and is much younger than you and I and we're old fuddy duddies whose brains don't work as well as they used to, but he's always got it. But uh, you know what? Now I've lost my train of thought on what I was even going to say there. Oh, NFL, NFL cuts. I was going to say, yeah, I, I can't think of the last great. Oh, this guy was cut by an NFL team came back and helped the team reach a great cup or go on a playoff run. And maybe Adam is a guy that can, whether he's listening now or we'll listen later, maybe he can chime in and give us help on, On the last great player to kind of be airlifted in, because remember when, like, um, what was his name? Terrell Sinkfield was brought back, and everyone was like, "Oh man, you add him to this offense, it's going to be great." He kind of didn't do anything, and I just, I just, I think it's more often than not they bring these guys in and they just maybe they're, they're they get their bodies ready for an NFL grind or whatever, and it's not the same. We we know the games are different. I just think, like you, it's it's a long. Did, like it's a, it's a it's a belief from 35 years ago which yeah just i don't think really <clears throat> counts in today's cfl
0: from wolfie 34 well gotta say argos cheating and the league allowing it let's face it the argos run the league
1: i don't I, know about I, that whatever you gotta do to cope with the loss my man whatever you gotta do to cope with the loss i will say though that when they ejected mcfadden he didn't go to the locker room. He They let him stay on the bench. Now, granted, there was mm. 11 seconds left in the game, but I was always nice. under the impression that if a player was ejected, he had to leave the playing field and leave the sideline. But they didn't do that. Maybe that's what he's talking about. I don't know. I, I, I don't think they cheated to win this game. They just kicked the shit out of us. Like, yeah, just uh, whatever you got to do. Whatever, whatever whatever helps you sleep at night with this loser team being getting their asses kicked on Labor Day the second year in a row. Do what you got to do, I guess.
0: Just a bunch of cheaters, Josh. (laughs) From Adam Consoli, I was really hoping I'd see some consistency from the BC game, but I didn't. The team is just meh. We'll need a three to four game winning streak at some point to make it believable that they can do something in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, and you know what? If this season goes like last year went, they'll go on some sort of you know five and one run or four and two run to end the season, and we will get our hopes up just like we. Oh, they're peaking at the right time. Mm-hmm. Then they get into a playoff game, and it's like oh, they reverted back to the team they had always been all season. So I'm I am not hopeful in the least that this team can go on a on a magical playoff run. But hey, maybe they can surprise me, and we'll see. But I uh, I don't even think a, a they, they, to me, the only way that this season can end with me going, I was wrong about the Thai Cats at this point in time, as we sit here on Monday, September 4th, is if they win the Grey Cup. Anything less than a Grey Cup victory, and it's – I mean, if I guess if they got to the Grey Cup, they'd be like, oh, well, they, they turned it around. But, I mean, we've been to the Grey Cup four times in the last decade. Just getting there isn't good enough anymore. you got to you got to cap it off with a title, and I don't think this team is anywhere close to being good enough to, to run through the Owls and then the Argos and then be – Winnipeg or BC? I, I just
0: don't see it. Well, remember, Josh the the BC Lions in two thousand whatever. Oh God, shut <laughs> your mouth! Shut your mouth! Don't you uh, dare! <laughs> From Jeremy 0087 the defense forgot it was Labor Day. Kind of yeah, I, you know they, they just didn't seem to come out. Just they just didn't come out with that fire in their belly. It seemed like
1: no, no, um, and the, and the, here's the thing: the crowd was hyped. Yeah. To start the game, you got the you got the flyover that got everyone's juices pumping. Eric Harris was out there back back in Hamilton um, as like their player of distinction. Got the like the crowd was ready to erupt and pff, fart noise.
0: Yep, from Adam Stalker. Powell's accuracy needs to improve his deep ball accuracy. Uh, Powell's accuracy needs to improve is deep ball accuracy if he's going to be a long-term CFL starter. I'd like to see them use Duke Williams the same way late career Nick Lewis was used, dominate the middle of the field and pick up easy first downs.
1: That last point is exactly how they should be using Duke Williams. And did you feel like a lot of Powell's throws today were high? I felt like he he missed a lot of guys high. And then when he was rushing his throws, he was really erratic. And that's why I say like, you look at the numbers and they look good but they don't like, if you told me that he would, you know, 70% of his passes for nearly 300 yards and three touchdowns, you'd, you'd be pretty happy with that. But I feel like the numbers don't reflect what the tape will show. If that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I know what you're saying, buddy. But uh, yeah, did you, did you find that his, he was thrown high a lot?
0: I did at least at, at, on like two or three occasions, I know that his noticed his ball was a little, little too high for the receivers. And he, I, I don't know what the deal is with that, but. Obviously he has to uh, work on his accuracy. He's, he's, he has potential. There's no question about it, but I just think he needs to make decisions quicker and he needs to be more accurate with the ball.
1: Yeah. He definitely holds to the ball too long. That was yeah. frustrating to watch today in particular. Yeah.
0: From Argo Sammy, formerly TyCat Sammy, apparently he was wearing an Argonauts jersey today. It was for a good cause. So I'll let it slide at year's end there needs to be a serious addressing of everyone in the building players and coaches all need to be evaluated and changes need to come went all in this season and it hasn't worked time to tear it down and go for the rebuild our great cup winning window is closed
1: i'm not sure i disagree with that i do think that with this group sadly even though they airlifted in a ton of players this season I do think that it's closed. I think 2019 and 2021 were their last best chances with all of these guys. I don't think this team can build a winner with Bo here, quite honestly, like maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they'll make some changes in the off season to be better next year, but it certainly feels as if maybe taking some short-term pain to build this team back up, get a young head coach, I don't know. I, I, it's, I'm hard pressed to call for people to lose their jobs. You know, that that's something I do not like to do, but I, I don't know if the people who are in charge of this team, I don't know if I trust them to fix this because they're the reasons they're like this now. So I'm not sure if there's, I I don't think that there's band aid solutions here. I, I do wonder, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. What what do you do? Do you do you tear this thing down? Do you like? Is that that's kind of where you got to go with it? No.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking so. And and with Bolivian Mitchell, I mean, he has two more years left on his contract. And if you're paying a guy that much money, he needs to be playing like a top performer. And if we're not going to get that top performer, like the old Bolivian Mitchell, then it's not going to work with him being the quarterback and getting paid over five hundred thousand dollars a year so it might be the end of the road for this group and uh you know it's it's easier to rebuild quickly in the cfl but i think Mm -hmm. it might be a couple years before we're a legit contender again because i'm not sure you can just slide in some pieces next year and uh be at the top of the east again
1: yeah i like again we know from years of following this league that Teams look great one year and then not great the next. So it's like as for as much as we're gonna for the rest of the season, probably talk about how good the Argos are. That can come. I mean, the Ticats in 2019 looked like, oh, this is a team for the next five years that's going to dominate, and it's been all downhill since that loss in the great Cup that year to Winnipeg. So it can it can you can rebuild. I know you know Edmonton's been bad for a few years now. Ottawa's been struggling since 2018, but more often than i mean we saw it with the Thai Cats in the mid-2000s like they were bad for a, a half a decade there but you can get back to competitiveness you can get back to relevancy rather quickly and it's not like a multi-year i mean if you make the wrong moves it is but if you make the right moves it's not some sort of like decade-long purgatory for a team if they strip it down to the studs and build over again you can get back into the mix in a year or two rather quickly in this league so It's all about hitting on the right guys and they just haven't done they they had the right mix they've had a competitive enough mix but now like when we were when when this whole i'll call it like tie cats renaissance started in 2009 we were all kind of oh man they're making the playoffs they're they're in games late in the season like they matter post labor day which was like oh man it has been that way in like a decade It felt good. And then it was like, oh, now they're getting to Grey Cups. And now they're making East final appearances five times in seven. See, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh, they're they're a relevant franchise again. And they're a a true title contender, even if they don't win. And they never did. But they were a true title contender most of the years of the last 15, to be quite frank. But now that that's become the norm, it's become not enough. They need to, even though you know your team's not going to win a championship every year, they need to sprinkle in title wins. Like the Argos, for instance, like they can go three years being terrible and then they'll have a three-year run where they're good and they'll win a championship in that time. You know what I mean? Like I'd rather have that than be consistently middle of the pack and and spring spring up every couple of years for a Grey Cup loss. Sometimes you have to take your medicine. And this team, fortunately for the most part since 2009, haven't really had to take their medicine. It might be time to – reflect and maybe be that team that resides in the basement for a couple of years, find the right mix of guys and make a run later. I know that's hard. I know that's hard to swallow. If you're a fan of the team that they had won a championship in a quarter century, but this group just, they, for whatever reason, they, they haven't gotten it done. and I don't think they will get it done.
0: From Jim Martin. We're just not good enough. Powell keeps improving, but he's still a game manager. If the rest of the team isn't up to snuff, he can't get over the hump. <clears throat> the stars aligned last week, not so much tonight. And then there's a picture of a monkey with like seven asses. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, leave it to Jim to at least leave us with some levity there. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Cause he's, he's writing the comment and then monkey was, I'm going to look at this picture of the monkey with seven
0: asses. Yeah. It's the, I think it's from like a, the first couple of seasons of South Park.
1: Oh, that one. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, there's okay, four that's asses. Yeah, it's the four ass monkey. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, okay. That, that takes the sting <laughs> out of it a little bit.
0: Yeah. From Jared Breyer. We scored more than zero offensive points, so it was an improvement over last year. Otherwise, we dug a hole in the first quarter and couldn't dig out. That onside kick was the dumbest possible play at the worst possible time.
1: Yeah, and I'm not sure why they went. Like, I mean, I guess I get it because the defense wouldn't have stopped him anyway. But I don't understand. There's like a little less than five minutes left. You're down by 10. I don't really understand why you don't, yeah. why you don't kick it deep and, and trust you. I mean, I understand why you don't trust the defense because they're not good enough to trust. But I just don't really understand why they shouldn't have, at least in their minds, thought that they could trust the defense. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I just, uh, I think the, the play there is to kick it deep and try to get a stop, but uh, they went a different way from Jared Breyer. Oh, wait, sorry. I just read that from Kelly Coldham. They need to seriously clean house all coaches, including the caretaker. Unfortunately, they're so brutally bad. I don't know if you can fire the owner. That, that might be <laughs> yeah. I,
1: yeah. And I mean, look, and we, I sure, I'm sure we've said this a few times over the eight years now, I think we've been doing the show. There are no Hamilton Tiger Cats without Bob Young. And yes, that rings very hollow. Who cares? But we're not cheering for a team if he doesn't step up 20 years ago and buys this franchise. So, I mean, as long as he's willing to pay the bills, he's not in charge of football operations. He's not no. the one making these decisions. I mean, he meddled in the past and – took, took a beating for it. Like he's the reason that Casey printers was a Hamilton tiger cat. So I, I, I just, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you could fire an owner, I guess you would, but again, if, if not for him, there's, there's no team playing today. So I think we'll maybe, maybe ease off on the, on the Bob Young slander just a bit, although, you know, his team is bad. So I'm not saying Mm. that he does he doesn't deserve to feel some heat, but he's not the one calling the shots, so to speak.
0: All right, we have two more left from Stacy Dullabin, third-string quarterback. Why didn't they work with the ground game to keep the defense honest and go to a pass? Oskiwiwi for life.
1: I mean, they tried to do that though, didn't they? Like they tried yeah, to run so. the ball and it just didn't work. And yeah. I, look, I get he's a rookie quarterback. I get he's good, but you have to let you have to play the game as you play the game. Like I it might sound simple and silly to say it that way, but you can't just ask him to throw the ball 15 times and run the ball 30. Like you have to let him play quarterback. And if he, if he performs well, great. If he doesn't, that, that's I'm the two guys ahead of him on the depth chart got hurt. You don't have a choice. You, we would, we have rather watched what we saw last year on labor day, where they didn't trust the quarterback to throw the ball at all. And they got beat in a boring game. Like a loss is a loss. I get that, but you have to let the quarterback play regardless of how many starts he has. And you can't just, continue to hide him with a run heavy non 2023 style offense it just doesn't work like that anymore
0: our last one from Corey allen lancaster flyover will always get me that was the only good thing today argos are not only the best team in the east but the best team in the cfl
1: yeah, I mean, probably they're the best team in the season. I mean, it's not even probable. I mean, they're what ten and one now, nine and one now, whatever it is. Like, yeah, it's a pretty obvious comment. Honestly, I'm not not knocking Corey for saying it, but at one point, just because of the best team doesn't I mean we have to just hand them the championship. If that was the case, the Ty Cats would have a great cup on their resume from this past decade. So. Anything can happen. The season looks like it's going down the tubes for our guys, but I mean, the Cats aren't very good. But we can always root for the team playing the Argos. At least we have that, right?
0: Yes, that is true, and uh, that will be a wrap on this Podski Wee Wee. We're alive, pal. Post game show. Thanks for joining us, and we will be back uh, to our regular content. Check us out on Patreon. We'll be posting again this week. We'll be back with the regular podcast. And the post game show next week. For Josh Smith, I'm Mike Graham. Eat 'em raw. Eat
1: 'em raw.